Last time on Fragmented Identity. I've really struggled with whether I should tell you this or not, but I asked my ancestors for guidance. Meeting you at Burnaby Mountain was the sign that I needed. Every time I hear the name Julia, I have always wondered if it was Julia Chu. When you signed up for the newsletter at the Fish Farms rally, I saw that was your last name, Chu. I'm really confused. How do you know my name? My name is George Wilson. I am Anishinaabe from the Magnetowan First Nation. I knew your grandmother, Jinman. What are you talking about? How did you know my grandmother? I don't even know my grandmother because she died when I was three years old. Your grandmother and I had an affair. I loved her. Is your father's name Calvin? Whoa, this is getting weird. Yeah, my dad's name is Calvin. Did you know him? I am Calvin's biological father. I am your biological grandfather. When we met at the Fish Farms rally, I realized who you were, but I didn't know if it would be a good idea to tell you who I was. I don't understand. My grandfather on my father's side died before I was even born. Calvin was born during a time when the Canadian government were taking indigenous kids from their parents and putting them into the residential schools. Your grandmother was terrified that Calvin would be taken away. She forbid me from having a real relationship with him. I stayed in Sudbury until he was six years old watching him grow up, but not being able to have a real relationship with him. Wait, so you are my dad's real father? This is insane, this can't be for real. I'm not lying, Julia. I'm telling you the truth. I didn't know if I should. You are not my grandfather. I don't even know you. I'm getting out of here. Well, there goes my chance at ever seeing Calvin again. I thought it was the right thing to do, to tell Julia. Now all I have is a ripped up picture of her, and she thinks I'm a liar. Maybe one day she'll come around. Or maybe Jimin was right about not telling anyone about the affair. How can so much pain come from such a beautiful love. To listen to part one of Fragmented Identity, please visit cfuvpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to Play on Words on CFUV 101.9 FM. Broadcasting from the Husanich and Songhees territories of the Sanchothan and Lekwungen-speaking peoples, also known as Victoria. Join us for part two of Fragmented Identity, a radio drama written by Melanie Love. To listen to the first episode of this podcast, please visit cfuvpodcasts.com. Julia arrives back at the hostel visibly upset. Denise asks her if she is okay, and Julia pretends that everything is alright. They had plans to go out for dinner because this was Denise's last night in Vancouver. They invited some other friends they met at the HAP event to join them. They all end up having a wild night out on Granville Street. Julia doesn't mention her interaction with George. 
and instead focuses on celebrating with Denise and her new happy friends. Denise leaves early the next morning to catch her flight back to Ontario, while Julia starts working at the hostel and gets to know the city a bit more. She tries to forget what George told her at Stanley Park by taking every shift available at work and partying more frequently. But the more she tries to ignore these thoughts, the more they start consuming her. She had stopped her daily ritual of journaling and she didn't want to face the internal chaos that she was experiencing. It was just so much easier to pretend that everything was fine. Julia finally takes a day off and spends some time by the ocean. She is inspired to journal again. Hey, it's been a while. I don't understand life or what life wants from me. I keep trying to do what's right and try to fit in, but I feel like I don't belong. I really miss Denise. I wish she stayed out here too. I wish Evan was also here. I don't remember being away from him this long. It's kind of weird that he believes that he's a human being. I feel like I need a label to fit in, but I hate labels. But I do like the label of Hubba. I've met some really cool people. Being just a human sounds weird. My friend Jeremy also calls himself a human. I also met this man named George, who claims that he's my biological grandfather. I don't even know this man, so I don't know if he's lying or not. It really pissed me off. Like, he knows more about who I am than I do. Whatever. Hey Evan, how are ya? I'm great. You? How's Vancouver? Vancouver is great. It's so beautiful out here. The ocean is amazing. You should come and visit. Oh man, I'd love to, but I'm working a ton right now. I just got a promotion, and I'm even now officially the team lead at work. Better pay, but I'm working some pretty crazy hours right now. Maybe in a few months. That's awesome. Congratulations. I just started working at the hostel here, meeting some really interesting people. That sounds like a cool job. What kind of interesting people? Actually, that's one reason why I called you. I need to tell you something, but you have to promise that you will not tell anyone else. Uh, yeah, I promise. I'll keep your secret. I met this really interesting indigenous man named George. He told me that he is our biological grandfather. What? No way. That's really interesting. Wait, you're not upset at all? No. Why would I be upset? Oh, uh, well, uh, I got pretty upset when he told me he said dad doesn't know about him. He said he had a secret affair with our grandmother, and they kept it a secret from everyone. Whoa, what? That's pretty crazy, but it actually makes so much sense. No wonder why people were racist against us, thinking that we were First Nations, but uh, that's a pretty crazy story, sis. Uh, so wait, Dad doesn't know about him at all? No one knows but us. I don't know if we should tell Dad or not. I think Dad would want to know, but you probably need to prove it to him because he's very scientific. Yeah. You're probably right. Maybe I'll ask George to get a DNA test. George had a picture of my birth announcement, but I ripped it up and threw it in the garbage. Please promise me you won't tell Dad unless I tell him with you. I don't want him to hear this information from you. George had a copy of your birth announcement? What? How did he get it? This is one crazy story. Dad and I don't really talk. I won't tell him unless you want me to. I'm not sure how George got it. I, 
I think he said grandma mailed it to him, but I was pretty upset. I'm so shocked that you aren't mad about this. I'm actually kind of happy about this. Makes a lot of sense. I hope I get to meet him. Well, maybe now you'll come and visit the West Coast sooner? <laughs> maybe. He loaned me a book called The Inconvenient Indian. He said it was a good book to read on the history of indigenous people in North America. I've been really busy with work and haven't had the time to read the book, but it looks cool. Oh, can you send me a screenshot of the book? I want to check it out. Yeah, I'll do it later. I gotta go now to get ready for work. Uh, show him the selfie of me if you see him again. <laughs> Great pick, Evan. But I don't know if I'll see him again, though. Well, then, that selfie is for you. Talk to you soon. Good luck at work. Will do. Julia was surprised that Evan was so open to hearing about his indigenous heritage. She wondered if her dad would also be this excited to hear the news. After talking with Evan, she was inspired to contact George. Julia calls George and apologizes for the way that she had treated him. They agree to meet at a cafe at the Vancouver Art Gallery. Such a strong person had a really challenging life. Your grandmother was terrified that someone was going to find out that I was actually Calvin's father and that the government of Canada or the church would come and take him away. So I left Sudbury and headed west. But I thought about your grandmother and Calvin every day. But how could you just leave your son like that? Why didn't you try to contact him when he got older? I know it sounds heartless, but the truth is that I left because I loved my son and just wanted to keep him safe. My dad told me about the residential schools and some of the horrible things that happened there. But I didn't realize that they actually took kids and put them into schools. I thought the parents had a choice if they wanted to send them there or not. Well, the choice was send your kids to residential school or they were going to come and find your kids and put them in there. Some parents never saw their kids again. I don't really think that's a choice. Oh, that's intense. Your grandmother and I talked about it a lot, but we thought that it was in the best for him if he was raised to be like one of his siblings instead of being sent to residential school. Your grandfather's last name was actually like a shield of protection from the government of Canada. Even if Calvin grew up to look like he was indigenous, his last name would at least, his last name would make authorities figure that he was Chinese. With the way that you reacted when I told you the truth, I was actually happy that I had not tried to contact him. I'm so sorry for the way I acted. I've been struggling with this concept of identity and I was really upset when you told me, but I'm happy that you did. I'm sorry that I ripped up my birth announcement and threw it in the garbage. It was no coincidence that we ran into each other out there. I knew I needed to tell you the truth. Everyone is always asking me what race I am. I struggle with not fitting into the box of labels that people normally have. I finally thought that I knew who I was as an Asian Scottish woman. I found my little community of Hapa people out there and finally felt like I belonged. Race is a small part of identity, but it's not the entirety of who you are. There may be some common physical features 
that groups of people within a culture may share. But it can still vary. Spirit is what truly binds us. I think perhaps a different question to be asking yourself is instead of using race to divide and separate each other, could it be used instead to create relationships and celebrate diversity? I never really thought about my spirit or what that really means. Maybe you just don't understand what it really means to have mixed ancestry. I don't know what it's like to be you, but I do believe that everyone has a spirit or a soul. I'm not sure about that. We don't need to get into that, but you are welcome to talk to me about that if you ever want to. My brother would probably be interested in talking to you about that. Wait, you have a brother? How old is he? Yeah, his name is Evan. He's two years younger than me. He's 16. I actually called him and told him about meeting you. He sent his picture for you. Wow. I had no idea you also had a brother. Your grandmother used to send me letters with pictures and updates on Calvin. The last letter I got from her was the picture of you with the birth announcement. I never knew that I also had a grandson. Evan is actually really excited when I told him about you and wants to meet you. What, really? I would love to meet him. I never really got to meet my grandmother, but I've heard stories about her. Maybe that's why you never knew about Evan. She never got to meet him either. Your grandmother and I spent a lot of time together. She was a very strong woman. I really loved her a lot. She always tried to remain positive, but was very fearful of things. What was she so afraid of? A lot of things. But one thing that we both agreed upon was the fear of the government of Canada taking Calvin away. We had heard stories about the horrible things they were doing to kids at those schools. Kids were trying to run away to reunite with their families, but they would get caught and sent back to the school and punished. A lot of kids died in those schools. We don't even really know how many. They would just lie about what really happened to the kids. Your grandmother was terrified that Calvin would be sent there and she would never see him again. We sacrificed Calvin knowing his true identity to protect him. We both believed that this would give him the best life possible because we didn't even know if he would survive going to residential school. I didn't really understand these things that happened to indigenous people until my dad told me recently. They didn't really like talk about the stuff at my high school. Yeah, there's a lot they don't teach in school about the truth of how Canada has treated indigenous people. But your dad has told you some things. He told us about ongoing genocide against indigenous people. He didn't go into as much detail about the residential schools as you have, but he's pretty passionate about social justice issues and indigenous rights. When was the last time you were in Ontario? I haven't been back to Ontario since Calvin was six years old. It really broke my heart in a way I had never felt before when I had to leave him. I kind of figured, when I had not received a letter from Jinmin in over a year, that something had happened to her. She used to write me at least once a month. I haven't wanted to go back to Ontario since I left. That place holds a lot of pain for me.
Maybe it's not too late for you to have a relationship with Calvin. Maybe it'd be good for you if we both went back to Ontario and you can meet Evan and Calvin and my mom. Oh, I don't know about that. It's pretty far away. I also don't know if it's a good idea to go visit Calvin. I bet if you had a copy of a DNA test to prove that you were his biological father, he would believe that you were his father. A DNA test? Those are also really expensive. I also don't know if a DNA test would help him accept the truth. Hmm. Okay, well, think about it. I'm going to try and see if I can find some cheap flights. George and Julia hug goodbye. Julia returns to the hostel and checks in a backpacker who just flew in from the Yukon. My trip from Whitehorse was smooth sailing. I got a killer deal on a flight with WestJet because there's an annual sale going on right now. Flights are really cheap across Canada. What? Julia finds some cheap flights to Ontario and leaves a phone message for George. The next day, they book their flights to Ontario. George agrees to go for 10 days as long as they do not go back to Sudbury. They plan to leave two weeks from now. Welcome to London, Ontario. It is a beautiful sunny day here with a high of 24 Celsius. If this is home for you, welcome home. And if not, enjoy your stay in London. George checks into an Airbnb and Julia returns home for the first time in a month. The next morning, she gets up early and brings Evan to meet George for breakfast. Hey George, this is my brother, your grandson Evan. Evan, wow. Can't believe I have a grandson. My goodness, you're a tall guy. It's really great to meet you. My name is George Wilson. I am Anishinaabe from the Magnetowan First Nation. Whoa, it's so great to finally meet you too. This thing is so crazy. I'm so glad you came to meet us. When I first heard about you, I, I didn't think we'd meet so soon. Yeah, I didn't think so either. But the universe works in interesting ways. Really want to come visit the West Coast one day. Maybe next summer. The summer is a beautiful time to come and visit. I would be happy to host you anytime. So, I looked into the cost for getting a DNA test, and it's really expensive. But I think the investment would be worth it to prove to my dad that you are his biological father. DNA test? Whoa, you really think that's necessary? I do. Dad's an engineer, and I think we need scientific proof to prove to him that George is really his father. It would have made it easier for me to believe George if there had been a DNA test that proved that he was my biological grandfather. Well, yeah, me. I mean, it's kind of a lot to wrap your head around, but I guess a DNA test can't hurt the situation. If you want me to submit my DNA for this test, I'm ready. Okay. Evan, we also need your DNA for this test. Wait, why do you need my DNA? Because we don't have a sample of Dad's DNA. Hmm, maybe I can sneak in while Dad's asleep and get a sample of his DNA. We need consensual DNA samples, Evan. Stop joking around. Okay, fine. I'll give you a sample. I always wondered how my life could have been different if I had legal proof that Kelvin was my son. But the only things I ever had were pictures and letters 
from your grandmother. She never referred to Calvin as our son in any of them. She always just referred to him as Calvin. Sounds really crazy that my dad doesn't know you exist at all. Well, he doesn't know that I physically exist, but I did support him in other ways. Before I left Sudbury, I would give your grandmother gifts to give to Calvin, and she would secretly give them things that his other siblings didn't get. I remember I gave your grandmother a pair of skates to give to him, and I sat on a park bench watching him try to skate. It was one of the best memories from Sudbury. And even though Calvin didn't know that I was there, I felt like he could feel my love and support. So wait, this means that my last name's actually Wilson? Yeah. If you follow the father's lineage from your last name. Jinmin and I never talked about what his last name would have been if we kept him our son. Because we never saw that as an option. Whoa. That's crazy. So technically the last name that I have is not actually my own. Your father carries the last name of your grandmother's husband, Chu. And we did this to protect you from the authority figures thinking that he was indigenous. Even though he didn't really look like his siblings, the last name is this kind of stamp of approval for what your ancestry is. Because his last name was Chu, people would automatically think he was Chinese. The story gets more and more interesting. We, we've had people be racist against us for thinking we were indigenous. What? That's terrible. I'm sorry that you had that experience. My dad actually got into an argument with some people who believed that First Nations people were not allowed in public spaces. They thought that we were First Nations, but we told him that he was Chinese. They apologized to him for those racial slurs. Wow. So his last name and Chinese ancestry did protect him in a way, from some racism. I wonder how the situation would have been different if your father knew that he was indigenous. My dad probably would have yelled at them even more. He made us leave the park that day because he said he didn't want us to play in a park with ignorant people. It's really weird that they don't teach us about the genocide against indigenous people in school. Yeah, unfortunately, there's a lot of people that still don't know about the magnitude of trauma that indigenous people have endured at the hands of the Canadian government. They just see homeless indigenous people on the streets and think that we caused this problem. I think my dad is going to be so excited to meet you. Let's go get that DNA test taken care of. All right, let's do it. George, Julie, and Evan leave to the clinic to get a DNA test done. Unfortunately, they find out that the results will take at least a few weeks to come back. But Julie and Evan still think it's a good idea to tell Calvin the truth. Julia tells her parents that her friend George, who teaches workshops on what reconciliation means to indigenous people, is also visiting London. She asks if it would be okay to invite him for dinner. Calvin have no objections and jokingly ask if George could have one of his workshops at their house. Julia thinks it's a great idea. George tells the family about how the Truth and Reconciliation Commission of Canada recommended that school curriculums be revised to include information on the residential schools but the School Board of Ontario has been struggling to actually implement this. I hope they start teaching about this stuff soon. A lot of people don't even graduate from high school. It really should be taught at the end of elementary school. There has been some objections to teaching about Indigenous issues because some people argue that it is not relevant 
unless there are enough indigenous students in the class. Wow, that's shocking. It's a pretty crucial part of the understanding of the history of Canada. All Canadians should be taught it. It's fucked up! So, Dad, there is another reason that George came to visit London. Why is that? Calvin, it's been a really long time since we last saw each other. I don't think you even know who I am. Last time we saw each other? What are you talking about? I don't think I've ever met you. Calvin, I'm your biological father. My name is George Wilson, and I am Anishinaabe from the Magnetuan First Nation. What are you talking about? That's insane. My father died almost 25 years ago. I lived in Sudbury until you were six years old. Your grandmother and I were having an affair. You were having an affair with my mother? Why are you telling me this? Please know I am telling you this because I think it's the right thing to do. I'm not trying to upset you. Okay. Dad, he's telling us the truth. George told me about this in Vancouver, and he has letters from Grandma. Wait, Julia, you knew about this and you didn't tell me? You brought a stranger into my home without telling me the truth about who he is? Dad, I'm so sorry. I thought it'd be best if George told you himself. I didn't think that you'd believe me if I told you this over the phone. You could have told me before he came over for dinner who you're really inviting over, if that's even the truth. How do you even know he's telling the truth? Dad, it's the truth. I went to get a DNA test done, and we will have the results in a few weeks. You did what? Evan also knew? This is ridiculous. So I'm the last one to find out about it? I can't believe this. Get out of my house, all of you! Calvin, I think you're overreacting and need to cool off. Don't tell me what I need. Calvin, I'm sorry. George, I... please stop. You've said enough. I apologize for his behavior. I think this news caught him off guard. But please don't feel like you need to leave the house. I think it's time I get going anyways. No, George. Please don't go. He just needs to cool off. I'm not sure what Calvin needs. But I think it's best that I head back to my hotel. I'm pretty tired anyways. Okay. Um, sorry, George. Well, I'll, I'll call you tomorrow. Kathy, it was great to meet you. Thank you for your hospitality. I'm going to head out now. Thanks for coming over, George. I'm sure Calvin just needs some time to cool off. Do you have a number where he can reach you? Yeah, I'll write down my contact information. You can give it to him in case he changes his mind. Thanks. seemed pretty upset. I thought he'd be happy to meet his biological dad. I didn't think he'd be so mad. Didn't you say that you also got really upset when George told you that he was your biological grandfather? Yeah, but I thought it'd be different for dad, especially because we can show him a DNA test. 
I don't think he cared about the DNA test. I think he was more upset that he didn't know about George, but we did. Well, I hope we can get over it before we had to head back to Vancouver. Our flight leaves soon. Why do you need Dad not to be angry about this? I just want everyone to get along. Julia, you can't force him to accept George as his father. Maybe Dad doesn't want to have him in his life. That's his choice, not ours. But I really don't get why he wouldn't at least try to have a relationship with his real dad. His father died when he was pretty young, and it didn't sound like he had a good relationship with him. I don't get why he doesn't at least try to have a relationship with George. You were excited when I told you about George. I don't get why Dad isn't. Yeah, I was excited about the news about George, but you can't demand Dad to be too. Maybe it's not meant to be for them, but maybe it is for us. Ugh, I don't understand how you can be so negative about the situation. I'm going home to go to bed. Good night. Night, sis. Try not to stress too much about Dad and George. It's really none of your business. None of my business? I didn't know who my biological grandfather was for my entire life. I grew up not knowing who I really was. And so did you. Dad didn't know who his father really was for his entire life. Wake up, Evan. Can you actually try to help Dad understand how important it is that he has a relationship with George? Why would I do that? Because you love him and want to see him happy. But I don't know if it'll make him happy. I can't believe that you don't get it, Evan. Dad reuniting with George will make him happy. Then he can have the relationship with his father that he never got to have. Didn't you see how well they got along at the dinner table before George told them that he was his biological father? I think that they would be such good friends. Dad can move to the West Coast. Whoa. Hold up. I think you're getting a bit carried away with this fantasy relationship that you have for George and Dad. I think you need to accept that George and Dad may not reconnect in the way that you hoped. Evan, it's really hard to be around you when you're being so negative. Stop telling me that Dad and George will not work things out. I really hope Dad can get over it before George leaves. I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just being realistic. They need to work things out. Julia, I really think that you should try to take a step back from the situation. I'm not giving up on them working things out like you already have. I just want what's best for both of them. Maybe Dad just needs his space. I'm going to talk to George and see what he thinks we should do about it. Please don't include me in we when you talk to him. I don't think either of us should be stressing about whether or not they work things out. That's between George and Dad. I just want to help. I know you do, sis, but sometimes there's really nothing we can do, and we just have to accept things for how they are right now. <sighs> Maybe you're right. Um, I'd like to see him again before he leaves. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to call him in the morning and ask if he wants to meet for lunch. That'd be cool if you could come too. I hope Dad will also join us. Perfect. Tomorrow's my day off, so I'm free all day. Sounds good. I'll let you know when I talk to George. Julia gets up early hoping to talk to her dad before he left for work, but he has already left the house. Julia calls George and arranges to meet him at a restaurant downtown. Evan and Julia meet George for lunch. I'm so sorry that my dad was rude to you yesterday. I'm sure he didn't mean it. Oh, don't worry about it, Julia. I didn't take it personally. I think he just needs some space right now. What are you saying, George? Are you giving up on reuniting with your son? No. I'm just giving him some space. I understand why he's upset. Well, I think you should come over tonight and we can all talk about it. Does your dad know that you are inviting me over? Uh, technically no. I got up early to talk to him, but he'd already gone to work. I'll talk to him about it when I get home, though. Julia, 
I understand why you want us to have a relationship. But maybe that's not what this trip is about. I'm not going to force Calvin to talk to me or accept the truth. He doesn't need to accept the truth if he doesn't want to. It sounds like you're just giving up on him. Just like what you did when you walked out of his life when he was six years old. Julia, why are you being so aggressive about forcing George and Dad to have a relationship? I really think it's none of your business and you need to drop it. Julia, I am not giving up. And I don't want to talk about this with you anymore. I've accepted that Calvin, being angry, is an important part of his journey. You were also angry when I first told you. You ended up contacting me eventually, and maybe Calvin will too. Or maybe he won't. But there is no good in forcing someone to try and believe something they are not ready to believe. I'm really grateful I've been able to connect with you and Evan. I didn't even know that I had a grandson until a few weeks ago. I want to spend the rest of my time here celebrating my relationship with Evan and you. I guess you're right, George. I was just hoping for the whole family to be together. I thought this was our only chance because you live in British Columbia. Just because I live in British Columbia doesn't mean that we can't have this opportunity again. Trust this process, Julia. I think there are some valuable lessons for you to learn. Maybe all we need to do is show him the DNA test once we get the results to prove it to him. Julia, that's not the point. You're even listening to what George is saying. Yeah, I'm listening, but I just think if we can prove it to Dad, then he'll believe it. How about we let your dad ask questions? If we continue trying to force him to believe this, you may end up jeopardizing your relationship with your dad. I don't want to ruin my relationship with my dad. I just wanted to get to know you because I think you guys would get along. George is trying to tell you to let go of this fantasy that you're living in where everyone gets along, except that things may be uncomfortable. Anyways, can we please focus on the positive? I think the three of us should celebrate the time that we have together. Calvin arrives home from work. Julia, are you home? Oh, the kids went to an event with George. What event? There's an opening ceremony for an indigenous art and philosophy event at the Forest City Gallery. She left a flyer on the table. Oh, I've got a lot of work to do tonight. Calvin opens his laptop on the table to finish up his report for work. But instead of working on his report, the flyer catches his eye. I always wondered why I didn't look like my siblings. My mother would always have these nice gifts for me, but I needed to keep them a secret from the other kids. I always wondered where those gifts came from. It makes sense that George is my father. But how do I get to know him now? Is it too late for me and him?
Wow. The drumming is so beautiful. Yeah, and with the dancers and their amazing costumes, this is really powerful. I'll have to take you guys to a powwow one day. really comforting. Could George forgive me for how mad I got him? Maybe it's best that the kids just spend time with him and not me. Maybe it's too late and complicated for me and George. I never felt like I had a father or knew who I really was. Maybe it's all just too complicated. This episode of Play on Words was produced by Melanie Lum and Arcade Palette, with help from Neville Meyer, Neha Saxana, Minaj Saxana, Seema Saxana, Yukari Peerless, Gabriel Underwood, Amber Fox, Silas Cern, Coco Nielsen, Philo Russ, and Jordan Gallick. Our executive producer is Mary Decker, and special thanks to Q Ho Chu. Music in this podcast was provided by Anatech and Arcade. Play on Words is made possible by the Community Radio Fund of Canada and the BC Gaming Society. If you like what you heard, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, give me your ear. Let's, uh, let's pull back the curtain for a minute and check out behind the scenes of CFPB's podcast. Hello, my name is Nia Saxana, and I provided the voice of Julia in the podcast Fragmented Identity. I got involved with CFUV through my parents' radio show uh, called Bollywood India. Um, I just kind of sat in with them one time, and then eventually I ended up talking on their show. And then at one point I got this thought where I was like, oh, it'd be really cool if like I hosted a, a radio show that had a whole bunch of um, gaming soundtracks and movie soundtracks. And uh, then I went and did the process, and uh, I will be getting my own show soon, but that's how I kind of got involved with CFUV. Um, my favorite part of working on Fragmented Identity was probably uh, the character who I play, uh, Julia. Um, I really like how um, I could relate to Julia, and um, I really liked uh, expressing her uh, her emotions. She has a, little, a really big like emotional range uh a lot of times you're going from being very upset to being very happy to being curious. And I really like that I really got to try out a whole bunch of different um, emotions with Julia. Um, 
about the story itself uh, and working on the story, uh, Melanie and Arcade were awesome at directing um, exactly like how they wanted us to sound, how they wanted me to sound, and it, they were really helpful and um, in helping me uh, in trying to make this the best podcast we can make it. Um, I really like the story as well. I think that it was it's really heartfelt. I think that people hopefully will be able to connect with it. And um, I think that Melanie, like the character for for her especially, I think she wrote the characters. I think they're really, really well written. Like I read a lot of books, and I really can like identify with these characters a lot. So I think she did an amazing job with that. Um, how I got into the voice acting, um, I always I love voice acting in video games and uh, TV shows. Like I definitely like I love listening to voice acting and playing games and I love like when the characters just make you feel like they're part of the universe. Um, probably my favorite voice actor is uh, Troy Baker. Uh, he's a really big name in the g- gaming voice acting industry. Uh, my favorite role of his is probably uh, Pagan Min from Far Cry 4. He did an amazing job in that one. Um, yeah, here's uh, Nea signing out. Hey, I'm Arcade Palette. And I'm Melanie Lum. We are both, well, we both are involved here at CFV in various ways. I'm the program director, and you are an everything. You're an on-air <laughs> DJ. <laughs> All over the place. Yeah, I have a radio show Sunday nights, 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. I'm also the script writer for this podcast, and then have been doing audio production here, too, and was one of the co-producers of this podcast. Yeah, yeah. So I get we ha- we've appeared behind, on behind the mic before, but not together. And I thought it would be good to come together to talk about creating this podcast because it was an ordeal mm-hmm. from like day one. Yeah, it has been ongoing. It's been an eight month journey to make this podcast come to life, and it's taught me so much about <laughs> audio production, podcast production, and you know what really goes into creating a podcast and creating a story, right? Yeah, because like. I remember at the very beginning of it all is that you submitted your script and we loved it or the idea, the proposal for your script. We didn't even have a script. And then you got a horrible concussion and mm-hmm. you had to write a script. And primarily most people do their writing on computers Yeah, <laughs> and computers are so awful when you have a concussion. Yeah. And I couldn't use a computer. So a lot of the script was actually written on my whiteboard and um, <laughs> like drawn with like, wavelengths in terms of like peaks and lows of the script and then words kind of came afterwards and so it was like ideas came first and sort of the flow of the script and then I actually started writing it with these insane goggles these (laughs) anti-blue light goggles that I got and had to really be mindful of the time that I was spending on the computer because it was it was really difficult for me to use a, a screen at that time. But laying it out, like, physically on the whiteboard, do you think that, like, helped the whole process, just seeing it end-to-end, like, as a physical entity in front of you? Yeah, definitely. And, like, more so as, like, a a wavelength that, like, really helped my mind um, envision it and then helped shape the podcast in terms of, like, you know, especially with the travel and then, like, I kind of worked on different planes with it, like physically where are the characters going to be and how is that flow? And then emotionally, what are characters going to be going through? And then just even looking at the duality of the characters and wanting, you know, 
to have that one character that like really evokes a lot of like white privilege and then somebody (laughs) that evokes a lot of like innocence and just like kind of trying to keep you know listeners interested for the whole for the whole time yeah yeah that that must have been tough yeah it was uh yeah it was a journey for sure the, but, the the collector journey was finding the voice actors, which yeah. I'd, I'd like to say first off, thank you to like all the voice actors personally for putting in such a good job. And in some cases coming from very far away to our little studio here at CFUU to record. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we uh, well, I wanted to have the voice actors cast uh, in March June April April I think if we looked at our original deadlines our original deadline was like mid beginning of April April. the cast went out and then we were supposed to have them by like mid-April and the fool that I was would think that you know people would come out of the woodwork to want to voice this incredible project but surprise nobody did well, and you know, we did take a really specific stance in terms of cat, like calling out for yes. people of color, and I think that that was that um, is very important, really important, but also like really goes to show like who is being represented in this industry right now, and who like kind of has the networks available because it took a lot of time to find um, voice actors, but yeah. I feel like people were just like, oh, I didn't even know that this is a possibility of like something that you know. I could do and I feel like it really shows you know what people like are connected to and like kind of where we can make that stronger yeah yeah I know in particular you know um, a lot of the voice actors just haven't well almost all of them haven't had experience before except for possibly me um, and my part is so minor that you know the person who played Julia was like I've never done something like this before but it's been a very enriching and very cool experience like uh, voice acting is really cool and I look up to them as you've probably just heard in in Neha's behind the scenes it's like a double behind the scenes feature (laughs) and um the people who play both Jordan and Philo they're like I've never been or sorry Jordan and Philo who played Calvin and George respectively they're they're both like I've never played characters like these like I've never played a character before and it's been really fun for them Mm-hmm. bringing to life like their own version of the character <laughs> yeah and I really do love that about like the transition from like the script to the voice acting is yeah. how you know in my head I had this vision of what they were like and then I even did those like character profiles yes. <laughs> <laughs> that um you know went really in depth and it's partially because you know I'd been reading about like the more information that I can give the voice actors the more they can take that and adapt it for themselves so they know how to project um, their voice and you know the emotions that that come through their voice because this was like a p- very emotional podcast it was. <laughs> like, it was it was it was heavy like yeah but all the actors did such a great job like coming even like you know they all brought something to it but like philo came up and he was like dressed in like a suit and like a beautiful tie just for the occasion and he's like i really wanted to get into the character and we're like yeah do it yeah he did yeah everyone did such an amazing job but like i feel like embodying the character and really thinking through the character like he did a really good job with that and yeah, even in terms of like the character descriptions, like I went as far as describing, you know, like types of animals that like the they character like would have and <laughs> their hobbies and stuff and kind of like 
really went far out with that stuff. But uh, I th- yeah, it was great to see how, how people adapted it. Yeah, editing it, surprisingly, was the easiest part <laughs> out of everything. But, you know, after, you know, at the end of it all, we like it's it's still just singing into me like we made a podcast you made a podcast you made a fictional podcast that has a story that has a beginning a middle and an end and characters and character arcs and sound effects and i even composed a song for it like yeah that's awesome (laughs) like it's amazing and like we weren't like i don't think any of us were professionally trained like only only through cfue no, and, and honestly, that, that story that I wrote was, like, I had started working on that story before I'd even heard of the proposal for the podcast, and oh, yeah? it was more of a, a therapeutic um, healing <laughs> story for me so to was write. So it, was it originally going to be, like, a like a novel or a play? Yeah, I, I, you know, I wasn't really sure where I was going with it. I just knew that I needed to write it, mm-hmm. um, partially to just get it out of my head, and, you know, I think that when you do encounter racism... Um, it is important to talk about it and part of me was just like I just need to like write about some of these experiences to like let this energy go and so I'd been right I'd been writing that story like a while ago but not in the context of like these characters or anything it was more of just like a story I never thought yeah yeah like just like a therapy (laughs) (laughs) which is legit Yeah. yeah and then uh to see it turn into to a play and then have characters and then have like character journeys and development and transitions it's been like so amazing to see it all kind of come together and yeah it's really plus with it being characters you can get the multiple angles like um like with kathy who's like the white privilege insert (laughs) like i remember another one of the memorable experiences behind the scenes is like amber the very lovely person who voiced kathy was like Love you, oh, Amber. Lo- love you. <laughs> First of all, you. love you, Amber. But like, she Amber would read the lines and then be like, "Oh, Kathy. <laughs> oh, Kathy, you just don't know." <laughs> yeah, and you know, I think Kathy's character was so important for the story too. To when you, you know, when I look at what's happening in the world right now, and I see the way that you know. Um, some people with white privilege are, are dealing with like racism in the world. And I think it's really important to kind of try to think about like, well, this is, this is how they're seeing things. And yeah. then like, how can we then try to communicate through that? Because I think it really comes through with Kathy. It's just like legit, like she just didn't know, you know? Yeah. And it's like, so like, how can we try to make them aware? Even though I'm not saying that that is our responsibility, but I feel like, for people that we love, you know, because I've also seen this in different circles of mine, like people who I really care about, this just total, like, lack of awareness when mm-hmm. it comes to some of these issues. And it's not that they don't love me or they don't care. They're just, like, really just not... They just, just don't know. <laughs> yeah. And so it's, like, I think it was interesting to bring light to, to that side of things. Because it's both, you know... I, I think the a story is best with perspectives from both sides and only through having a play like Fragmented Identities with characters from all pieces of the puzzle. Like this person, like George and Calvin are on this side of racism. Kathy's on this side. Julia is somewhere in the middle. Like, And, and portraying it from all those angles is, I, I guess it adds more depth than mm-hmm. just having a single narrative, which is valuable in its own way. But 
adding all those other perspectives through a fictional narrative is just as important. Yeah, and I think it also probably makes it more relatable, too. Oh, yeah. 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 Like, I'm sure, you know, people will listen to it and feel like they're in Kathy's shoes or feel like they're in Julia's or Calvin's or even George's. Yeah. And all of those perspectives are valid and they've come together in this story. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks again to all the voice actors, all the people who helped. Thank you to Mary, Katie, for being supported. Yeah. And uh, thank you, CFUV, for, you know, choosing the story and, and, <laughs> and kind of gambling on this uh, storyline adventure that, um, you know, really does mm-hmm. weave in a lot. And I intentionally wanted to put kind of a lot in this podcast. And I think that because it is fictional, it makes it more digestible for people you yeah. know versus because when i've talked about the podcast some people are like oh podcast and racism oh god like i, <laughs> I don't i don't want to listen to that but i think that when you you see it as like you know uh it's almost like a melody when you have all these different characters it's like it's oh, yeah. more digestible and it's like kind of like going on an adventure with these characters because yeah. i think that you can see yourself in person them and and I guess thank you to the listeners. Be sure you know what if if racism is something that you do want to learn about, just check out all the other podcasts we got, especially, you know, full circle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of really awesome podcasts on CFUB. Yeah. Definitely check yeah, them thank out. You. Yeah, and thank you so much for listening and for signing. Julia, 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 Julia finds some cheap flats. Oh, God. Yeah, things got pretty intense that day. Better? Yeah. Feel free if you think I should do it again. No, no, it's okay. I, I <laughs> we do a couple. Like, that, I liked how resigned you sounded that one. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, well, I can imagine. I like when we like that George goes from very serious and then she's like, oh, I think my dad is so excited. I think, it, I think she was like just diffusing like this awful like part. She, he's like, oh yeah, all the horrible things she, that Canada's done. And she's like, let's go do the thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I mean, that's probably what I would have done. Because like, what the hell are you saying? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. George checks into an Airbnb and returns to the bit of a George pulls out a picture of Julia as a newborn baby inside of the cart of her bird. Bur- 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 I'll just do an angry take. <laughs> <laughs> okay, have fun. <laughs> I'm do that one again. <laughs> George, Julia, and Evan. Like, none of my business? Like, she's yeah. just land where she's, like, pissed. Like, okay, okay. I don't know if you have any siblings, but, like, when they're shitty to you, like, you're yeah. like, ah! uh, <laughs> Okay, okay. Okay. Like, be offended, like. Okay. Yeah. Alright. Okay, yeah, I see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. She laughs when she sees how gigantic they are. Julia had never seen totem poles before coming out west. Really, Julia? <laughs> Sorry, I, I shouldn't rag on the script. Why would you see them in Ontario? Fair, okay. Because okay. I'm 
so used to them, right? Yeah, I know. You know, it's yeah. true. They're everywhere here. <laughs> George tells the family about how the Truth and Reconciliation Commission of Canada recommended that the curriculums be revised, you son of a gun phone. Julian Assange has been charged with violating the U.S. Espionage Act in the case of... whatever. I thought it was on silent. I'm sorry. Thank <laughs> you.
I'm missing, 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 I'm miss